Let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about debt. Well, today's going to be a good episode. Tiffany's out on vacation and she will be missed. But in her place, I have decided to bring in my husband, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hello. Say hello to our (laughs) listeners, our viewers. Hello, everyone. Yes. Thank you for Um, joining us. And I thought that we would share a little bit of our personal story with the audience today and just kind of give you some back history of where we came from, where we're headed, what we're doing now. And answer a few questions. I know you guys have questions about us and the dynamics, so I thought we would answer those for you also today. So, first of all, thanks so much for doing this. I know it's not your favorite, but it's nice to have you on the show. Yeah, it's I, I nice to be here. I kind of feel like the Kelly and uh, her husband now are doing the show together after Brian Seacrest left. Uh, she's, she can't keep a host. No. Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to be around strong women. <laughs> really? Know. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Okay, so why don't you tell a little bit about our back history? Obviously, we've been married 20 years this mm-hmm. year, which is a, seems like a long time. That's crazy. I know. 20 years went by quick. Five children, um, multiple companies. Yeah. And we've Lots had, of ups and downs. We've had the blessing and also the curse of doing it together, like yeah. basically doing life together. So maybe share with the audience a little bit about what that looks like with us having to do everything together. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we met in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we never really had a perspective of what it was like to not work together. I mean, yeah. we, we met on the job yep. and transitioned to doing the job together and then transitioned to owning a company together. And so it's it's kind of always been a part of our relational DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's a two headed monster (laughs) on one side of the equation. I don't feel like there's anybody that I'm more powerful with than when I'm working with you and towards the same objective. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, it can be very challenging to know where work ends Mm-hmm. And where the relationship as husband and wife begins. And so um, from a 30,000 foot, not getting too granular, you know, that's the broad takeaway is it's, it's very powerful in the production capacity and its production capacity or capability. But, um, you know, it can, it can really wear on, and I mean, I don't need to tell you you're a part of it. I feel like I'm telling you about it like you don't know. But um, you you're know, telling our listeners. Yes, it, it can wear on. It can wear on the um, the relational side. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, how many times have mm-hmm. the kids said to us, "All you guys do is talk about business." Right? You know, it, it's very hard to it, like stop the conversation and know when. Okay, let's put on our other hat. Yeah. Now we're married. Yeah. And I think it's actually even harder to all the chaos from work because it's not like we had a nice little cupcake store. That was mm-hmm. one thing we did. Mm-hmm. But we had so many other businesses that were, s- there's so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. And we oversaw different areas of the business, mm-hmm. which kind of worked against us, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. So I think just the complexity of how many businesses and what roles we played in those um, more times than none probably pitted us against each other than for each other. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think that's where 
the magic happens right. because, you know, we didn't always have the same perspective. Mm-hmm. We had the same goals, right. hopefully. Yeah. Um, but we didn't always have the same perspective on how to get there. And so, um, you know, that to me is where really the the rub is, right? It's it's a um it's like slamming gold against an anvil in order to shape it or or shaping a sword. And you have to slam this piece of metal against this hard surface in order to shape it and refine it. And so the the magic happened in the refining, mm-hmm. but refining's not fun. You're 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 breaking mm. off pieces and you're 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 changing one another's um beliefs and positions. And that doesn't happen without um some type of you know, crushing occurring. Right. So, um, but then you come up with, what do you come up with? You come up with this beautiful creation that um, can only happen in the context of refinery. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that's that's where it it's like, you can come home sometimes and we would come home sometimes and it's like, I don't know if I can look at him tonight. <laughs> or I don't know if I can look at her tonight. And now we're supposed to play house. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to me is uh, always been the rub you know uh, i know that you would you would agree many times it would have been nice just to come home and right. supper was ready and, well, and I, how was your day honey right. it's like it, we know how each other's day were exactly and to come home to someone who doesn't know your world yeah to the extent where you feel like you don't even need to mentally relate with that person mm-hmm. about what that what happened that day so yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some pros and cons, but I think overall for me, I agree with you 100%. By the way, that's exactly how I feel. I think for me, when you think about how much time a couple spends at work mm-hmm. and how actually we think it's you know a blessing and a curse, but on the flip side, I think it would have been the same blessing and curse on the flip side had we not worked together because it would be great if we didn't work together, but the curse would be that we really would not have had the luxury of spending as much time together and our kids being able to watch us do something together, which Mm -hmm. I think is a powerful combination. And we are yin and yang. I think I can speak for myself when I say my success has always come from the dynamic of you and I. Mm -hmm. Anything that I tend to like try to go outside and do on my own, I can do it. But do I feel as powerful and successful? No. Mm -hmm. I think there's some magic that happens when we do things together. And I think that your skills, your strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are yours when it comes to business. And mm-hmm. so when we put that together, um, you know, for the most part, I feel like we're pretty unstoppable in most arenas. Now we've had, we've had some pretty, everybody looks at us and thinks that we've always, you know, like King Midas, everything mm-hmm. we touch turns to gold because they never see the bad side. So yeah. maybe share a little bit about how we even ventured into the debt world what that yeah. looked like uh, and why. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just to just to kind of complete that thought, you know, I feel like God put us together in the context of working together. And so for us, our journey and our truth was that it was born there. Mm-hmm. And it was a continuation of where our relationship with Bert was birthed. And, um, you know, scripture calls a a spouse a helpmate. That was literally the purpose of this spousal relationship was a helpmate. Mm -hmm. And so at the most beautiful level, when we work together towards the same goal, it is truly a a picture 
of what a helpmate looks like because you sharpen me where I'm dull and I'm able to sharpen you where you're dull. And that, I think, is where the blessing yeah, unfolds. I agree. So, um, you know, I think that that's, that's, the, that's the beautiful part about it. Mm-hmm. I've talked a little bit about the challenges, but then there's the beauty. And, you know, and then the success comes. But to me, that's not even the beautiful part. Right. The beautiful part is, is that we are able to create something together in a way that pleases our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And that's something to me that that's, that's the prize possession. So, um, yeah, it wasn't always um, coming up roses, um, that's for sure. Uh, you know, when we first started working together, I mean, it was explosive. <clears throat> you know, we went from like doing okay in the mortgage business to, I mean, we felt like we were Mega, we were hitting it big, you know, and the first time we started making money and it was like, whoa, like, right. what's this? Um, I was used to buying 25 cent milk yeah. um, on the day or Me too. A, that it expired totally. or after, you know, that's the way I lived yep. my life. It was on a um, razor thin budget and I loved it. I, 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 I like being frugal like that. Like it was like a challenge. It was a challenge. Right. I mean, I That's would go to the I grocery store too. and say, what are y'all about to throw away? Or we'd um, go to restaurants and be so proud <laughs> of the fact that we were going to fill out a survey and get yeah. reimbursed for our whole meal. Yeah. You know, so, like everything was a challenge. So once money started coming in the first time that we were working together and really were able to sharpen each other in the way we were, it was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. And, um, and a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but you know, in 08, when the, we had the real estate market crash, um, and both of us being in that in the mortgage sector, um, it was it was a hard and fast fall. It wasn't like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, we got a six nine months in order to kind of pre-plan what we're going to do here. It was one day we had. 20 mortgages in the pipeline and yep. the next day it was zero. It's literally like the lights went out. Yeah, the lights went out in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. I remember that day and I remember where we were sitting yeah. when the phone call came from the bank and said, we're not closing we're this done. loan. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, we were and you and me like, yeah, that's what they say, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, but uh, and we did, we tried. We opened oh. our own mortgage company and we tried banging our heads against the wall. We had one customer and yeah. that customer. <laughs> Now yeah. did our lawn, remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed up and he was yeah. our lawn. We're like, person. we recognize what? this guy. I know. So you, you know, when we were when we were doing the mortgages, and then when they shut off, it was, and then we're trying to make it work. And mm-hmm. thankfully, we had savings. Yeah. But um, we we went through that after about mm-hmm. nine months, mm-hmm. and um, I remember distinctly, you know, sitting in our house, um, and at the time we had come up to having five rentals plus our primary mm-hmm. in the good times. And so here we are in the bad times. All of the equity in the homes was now gone. The houses were upside down. I'm sure a lot of listeners remember this season. And um, you came in and you had that stack of bills and you threw it down on the table and you said, what am I supposed to do with these? There's no money in the account. And I said, nothing. We don't pay them. That's what bankruptcy's for. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember going through the bankruptcy process and, you know, as a husband and as the head of household and, you know, having the financial background I had, I'd been a financial advisor, you know, um, I'd opened the Edward Jones office on the Island. I, I, you know, I'd had a mantle for financial advisory my whole life. I mean, I opened my first IRA when I was 14. I used to be playing tennis with my buddies. Like you guys need to get an IRA open. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm 14, dude. We wonder where Connor gets I mean, it was like, they, they literally like, 
just serve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was my life. And so to get to this point now of financial destruction, and um, that was that was a low point. Um, that was a that was a low point for me. Um, I really felt like a failure mm-hmm. um, that I hadn't done my job, and um, you know it was uh, it was hard. You know, and then there was the walking out the bankruptcy, which was no walking the park either. But I think for me, the emotional and mental toil of the bankruptcy was much harder than the actual walking out and leveraging of uh of the laws that were on the books for people that were broke right you know um that i was like sweet i'm excited this is here that we can leverage absolutely from a financial um playbook yeah i was like this is awesome Mm -hmm. but what was happening inside of me was not awesome i was a lot of um i was beating myself up you know and five kids yeah lost all our houses well it's crazy because that day i remember so distinctly you know one i remember we had just had tristan and i was pushing him in like the Mac Daddy of strollers because <laughs> yeah. I didn't have anything less than that, right? right? And I remember standing in front of that bankruptcy attorney and he almost kind of like, and not all creditors showed up, but of course mm-hmm. ours did. Mm-hmm. And we were like one of the only couples standing there and we had that stroller and he just kind of looked and then we were keeping some things out and he looked at us and said, oh, I'm, I'm sure I'll see you guys here again. Mm-hmm. And that comment was all it took to kind of like put a fire inside of me that mm-hmm. literally... And we talked about this on the way home. It's like, what a humiliating process. Yeah. It was that comment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like he found satisfaction in seeing people so down, which to me is so disturbing, mm-hmm. but also what propelled us um, into. But I also remember getting in the car. Do you remember this? Getting in the car and you got a phone call. The one thing you kept out was the boat and it was sinking <laughs> as we were driving home. I forgot it was that day. The, yeah, the same boat, day. The boat was like on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was kind of like very symbolic of everything that was going on. It really was. Yeah, and, and I think dad was over there trying to bail it out. Yep. And yeah, yep. it, it was... Um, the the just the, the one asset I was going to try to make yeah. some money on, you know, <laughs> uh, Hey, I can use the boat and fish and, uh, yeah. And then it sunk. So it, you know, yeah, that was, that was kind of like, that was the whole season mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. And, um, and you know, leaving from there, I did I can remember not saying much at all. It was just like a gut punch, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, bankruptcy is, is hard. Yeah. And it left a scar mm-hmm. on us for a long time, you know, the scarlet letter. Right. Um, and uh, it was it was 10 to 12 years before we emerged out of that as even a, um, a capable borrower in the bank's eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we lived the next 10 to 12 years on cash. Well, it's interesting. You know, because we couldn't borrow anything. Right. And I think for a lot of our listeners who are struggling with debt and they, they feel like, you know, bankruptcy... That, that's the only thing they're thinking. And to mm-hmm. hear the emotional toil it has on you for years mm-hmm. after, I think that's what's so magical about what we were able to do with our own experience mm. and shifting that dialogue for yeah. people and and presenting them another option. Mm-hmm. So why don't you share a little bit about what we did after we left yeah. there? Well, let's not forget the low point. 
I mean, um, standing in the WIC line and, um, you know, food stamps. I remember going to the grocery store and they give us so much milk and so much peanut butter and so much cereal. We were giving it away to friends. You had to tell all our friends. I was so embarrassed. We were at the house and they were like, oh, I think we're I wasn't embarrassed. I know you weren't. And I I think we're out of eggs. Oh, well, we get it for free with WIC. So I'll bring some over. I'm just like, oh my God. Well, you know, the reason I wasn't embarrassed is because I, I try my best to wear my truth on my sleeve. And sometimes that's the low and sometimes mm-hmm. it's the good. But in that time, I knew there there's a purpose this is happening. Right. And that's why it was really important to me to share with everyone who would listen to what was going on. You're like, why do you have to start every conversation <laughs> that we're going through a bankruptcy? I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, that isn't that what relationships are about? It's like, let's just be, let's be transparent mm-hmm. about where we're at. Like, so what? Bad things happen. And um, it was in that season mm-hmm. that we got a messenger that brought mm-hmm. this idea about this weird product that could help people with credit card debt. Right. And um, and we're like, if you remember, like the first couple of times, I wasn't hearing it. I'm like, I'm doing mortgages. I am doing mortgages. Yeah, we do like one. Every <laughs> there was two or no three mortgages months. happening. Yeah. And uh, finally, you got me to listen, and um, we started learning about this product. Mm-hmm. We went and did. Um, you know, some discovery and um, ended up learning how to negotiate credit card debt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's so interesting because nothing happens by accident. It's so interesting that we walked through what we walked through and then out of nowhere, we didn't go looking for credit mediation. We didn't go looking for that. It literally came to us. It was brought to us. And, um, And then we had the ability to tell the story of, this alternative to bankruptcy. That's right. And so, you know, there, there is, it, from that point on, it's just, I can remember, you remember it in the beginning, um, we started blanketing cars at Walmart parking lots. With flyers. With, with flyers saying, we can help you with your credit card yeah. debt. And the phone started ringing. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh no, what do we do now? Right. We, the phone's ringing. What do we do with these people? We're like putting people in and we didn't even know how to settle the first yeah, debt. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, uh, a on-the-job training. Which and, I think we um, work well under pressure. We, like, that's the one thing about us. When our backs are against the wall, yeah. I know multiple people have called us the comeback kids hmm. because we really look at failure in the face and we don't take it. We're, yeah. we're going to... We're going to figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we kind of got that nickname, the Comeback yeah. Kids. But I think I- Ryan Young coined that nickname. Mm. He actually gets the credit for that. He um because he watched he watched our our peak and then he watched our crash right. and then he watched the rising out of the ashes. And um, yeah, I remember he was the first one to say, "You guys are the official Comeback Kids." But and, you know, I uh, want to go really back cool. though to something you said that's so mm-hmm. powerful and. And it really taught me during that time the the transparency that you had with people. You know, I say that all the time to people, like, just ask for help. Just mm-hmm. say where you are. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people are so hesitant to— re- I know I was. But what mm-hmm. is it that's stopping people from asking for help or actually looking to see where they are financially? Mm-hmm. From your experience in the financial world, why aren't people more vocal about that? Mm-hmm. And why did it come so easy for you? Guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. Um, yeah. Guilt and shame is, it's, they're weapons. And um, they're weapons that are formed against us to destroy us. And, um, you know, unfortunately, guilt and shame is um, what's prevalent when you hit a financial wall. You know, obviously, it's in, in lots of areas of our life. But um, the, the great thing 
about saying no to guilt and shame is there's freedom on the other side Mm -hmm. of transparency. So the reason I was so attracted to telling the truth about where we were was because I received freedom. So when I released it, I was free. And guilt and shame holds one captive. Mm -hmm. So it's a form of bondage. And um, because we feel like we're the only one in the world this has ever happened to, Mm -hmm. I am... My situation is much, much worse than anyone else that's ever lived. Which is such a lie. They're lies. Yeah, I mean, you see all the people that went through our program. We had thousands of individuals that we were able to help get out of credit card debt. And every one of them thought they were the only one Mm -hmm. or that they were the the most debt. I can remember the conversations like, well, before I tell you how much I have, Mm -hmm. just know. like, And it would be small compared to others. And Mm -hmm. it's like, look— Everyone is in the same boat. I remember at one point, we probably had 30,000 people and I could almost carbon copy their story one after the other. Right, right, because it's not much different. That's right. But remember, guilt and shame says you're a bad person. And transparency says I'm in a bad situation. Yeah. And that's the distinction that I think all of us, when we're going through tough times, need to remember that it's not guilt and shame. It, it doesn't make us a bad person to go through a bad situation. Right. It just means that we're in a bad spot. That's and right. The good news is, is that we can emerge from that. That's right. Yeah. And I think that just being able to watch how many people we've been able to help to date, um, which I'm excited because I, I want you to share a little bit about what you're doing and you've mm-hmm. always done. I know we work well as a team. And mm-hmm. so for us right now, I'm still in the debt world. I love mm-hmm. debt. I love taking people where they are and getting them to where they want to be mm-hmm. and out of their current situation because mm-hmm. we've been there. We've lived yeah. through it. Um, and we have such a great team behind us that's able to jump in and help. Mm-hmm. But I also love to see people thrive, right? Yeah. And I think for some, they think, well, I could never start a company or I could never buy investment property or invest money in any way because I'm sitting mm-hmm. over here with this debt. Like, what would you say to people like that? And what are you doing now to yeah. help families? I know there's been multiple people that you've looked at their overall financial picture and mm-hmm. took taken them from in the red to now thriving. Mm-hmm. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, so I feel like the position that I've always been placed in is in a position to help the underdog. <laughs> I I feel like that's where I've always been placed, you know, and the debt business fed right into that. I actually remember a story at Edward Jones when I was a financial advisor and my regional manager came to me. He said, Ryan, I've got good news and bad news. And I was like, okay. I was like, let's hear the good news. He said, well, the good news is you've opened more accounts, new accounts than any other new uh financial advisor in the state of Florida. I'm wow. like, sweet. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing my job then. And um, he's, I said, well, what's the bad news? He says, the bad news is none of them have any money. <laughs> so you're not going to make any money. <laughs> and I said, but isn't that who needs us the most? Totally. You know, isn't that who needs to, to learn how to save the most is the people that don't have any money. Um, and the issue was it wasn't profitable for the brokerage, which I understood. Mm-hmm. Um, However, that was the death blow to, to my financial advisory career. Um, I got very disenchanted, and I said, this isn't, this isn't what I signed up for. And um, I, so I've always been in a place to help people get started. And mm-hmm. so my passion really is real estate. 
Um, it, it always has been mm -hmm. since I was young, driving around on Riverview Boulevard with my parents, looking at houses and watching them um, buy and sell houses, you know, my my whole life. I don't think we've gone on a vacation without going to look at property. <laughs> I love I love looking at real estate. Right. Um, it's my number one passion. So really <laughs> where I'm at now at this stage of my life is recognizing that there's a way to marry my passion for real estate with helping people build wealth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the utilization of real estate as a wealth building tool um, is unparalleled. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, a lot of the people that I've helped, um, especially, you know, young married couples, uh, they'll, they'll call on me and I'll sit with them and um, they'll say, you know, we want to buy a house, but we know it's about five years away. And I'll look at their financial situation. I'm like, why is it five years away? Right. And they'll say, well, this, 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 and this. And I'll say, well, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I said, you guys can buy a house today. And um, some of those conversations that were had where they did not believe they could buy a house. And um, 10 years later now, they're sitting on a gold mine. Yep. And um, they, they have, they have leveraged and implemented the tactics that, um, that I've shared with them. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that my, my biggest regret that I would go back and tell a 20 or 30 year old, um, individual is my biggest regret is ever selling a piece of real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I had every piece of real estate I've ever owned. Totally. Um, you know, it would be, it would be very exciting. Um, so the the key isn't just to acquire real estate. It's also to find a way to control that mm -hmm. real estate for the rest of your life. Yep. And I love that because out of everything that we've done together, mm -hmm. I can truly say the thing that I've actually, like when you look at all the nuts and bolts, real estate mm -hmm. has been the best. Mm -hmm. And we still are involved in real estate and you practice yeah. what you preach and you do multifamily units and you're mm -hmm. investing across the country and mm -hmm. actually in different countries now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching you do this, but also I'm watching the joy that it brings because you don't have the overhead of mm -hmm. brick and mortar, employees, mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. that comes with becoming wealthy as a business yeah. owner. Yeah. You're you're doing but you're insulated from all of that. Yeah. So it really is a beautiful model and I can say that from a place of being both in a business, running a business which I love. Mm -hmm. Um but I like you say I think I like the daily minutia of mm -hmm. like being around great people. Yeah. Whereas you know, in the grand scheme for most people I think if they realize the power of just real estate. Yeah. And I love teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's my that's my number one. I totally gift. agree. I love to teach. Yep. And so um, I, when I got my real estate license, I, I was like, what am I going to do with this? Right. You know, do I even want this? And um, <clears throat> and the truth was I got it because I loved real estate and I love teaching people. Yeah. Um, and, and what do I love teaching people? I love teaching people how to leverage real estate mm -hmm. to build legacy wealth. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's possible. And I think that's what most people don't realize is that it may not take as much as uh, you think it does right. to buy your first piece of real estate. That's right. And then I would say to the triple-digit millionaires that there are lots of cool ways to build your empire Absolutely. with um, new and different kinds of real estate strategies. Like you said, um, international holdings, um, farms, um, you know, multifamily. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of exciting ways to be able to control more and more real mm -hmm. estate because in my mind, that's, that is the most powerful wealth building tool, um, primarily because of one principle and that's yeah. the principle of leverage. Right. And I know that, you know, right now too, like it's nice to be able to 
speak to people who are in debt, but give them hope. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to say, look, you know, coming or reaching out to speak with me about their debt situation, I immediately want to connect them with you to now that you're out, mm -hmm. let's let's build wealth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if people want to reach out to you, maybe they're not in debt and they mm -hmm. just want to talk with you about, you know, how do I get into the real estate game? Or can mm -hmm. you look at my overall portfolio and yeah. tell me what should I be investing in and where? Mm -hmm. How would they do that? Um, the best way is to contact me via email yep. um, and um, I don't know if it'll be on the podcast or if I should just say it, but yeah, you um, can just give your email, but Ryan we'll also at, link it. Yeah, Ryan at jubileeorganics.org. Um, and um, that would probably be the best way. I love to talk about all things real estate mm -hmm. and, and uh, wealth planning. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely fun. And yeah. I can certainly help people to buy or sell real estate. Yep. So. And I'm super excited because I know I've learned a lot. Even just from you, you are a great teacher. I've mm -hmm. learned a lot about saving. I've learned a lot about investing. I mm -hmm. never used to do that before. Mm -hmm. I was living paycheck to paycheck when I met you. Mm -hmm. um, so I know I have learned so much in my own personal experience. And that's what I try to share with people in debt, that you don't have to be a financial planner mm. to build wealth. No. And I think that what you're doing is you're stepping outside of the mold and taking your skill set in the finance world and delivering it to actually the people that need it the mm -hmm. most. Mm -hmm. And so um, hopefully our listeners will hear that. I also am excited. I know you're working on a course too that you're going to provide for people sharing how to build wealth. And so mm -hmm. we're going to do something together where I'm I'm doing the course on how to get out of debt. You're going to mm -hmm. have one on how to build wealth. Mm -hmm. And hopefully our, for those listeners who can't necessarily reach out and meet with us they'll be able to download that and purchase it and be able to start building their own portfolio. Yeah, I actually am going to be launching a YouTube channel. Great. Um, and just sharing some of my travels. Yeah. Because I travel a lot looking at real estate mm -hmm. and looking at different opportunities. And I'm going to start memorializing some of those trips, um, you know, whether it be out West or in Mexico or in Central America, the Caribbean. Um, there, There's opportunities all over the place. And if there's ever a time in yeah. our history in this country to diversify mm -hmm. and, um, you know, for, for wealthy individuals, I'm encouraging everyone to plant flags outside of this country. Um, and for people that are just getting started, there are certain strategic places to start planting a flag within this country um, that will, I believe, yield the best results. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. And uh, it's awesome to be able to remember a lot of this stuff. Yeah. No, it's great. I think that this will be something we continue. Hopefully, it's not just a one-time appearance that you're mm -hmm. making on our show. We can be blessed with your presence ever so often <laughs> with giving us what's happening and what what to look at to invest in. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we didn't touch on everything in our story. I know you've got Jubilee and all these other projects yeah. going on, but thank you so much for co-hosting with me today since Tiffany's out. Fun. And we'll do it again soon. All right. Thank all you. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Life After Debt podcast. If you have any questions or you're still wondering, how can she help me? Reach out to us on our website, reducemydebts.com and fill out our 15-minute clarity call request. We'd love to hear about your situation and help you and meet you where you are. So don't hesitate, reach out because truly there is life after debt.